This is Chapter Thirty Four of Sketches New and Old. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sketches New and Old by Mark Twain. Chapter Thirty Four: Lionizing Murderers. I had heard so much about the celebrated fortune teller Madame Blank that I went to see her yesterday. She has a dark complexion naturally, and this effect is heightened by artificial aids which cost her nothing. She wears curls, very black ones, and I had an impression that she gave their native attractiveness a lift with rancid butter. She wears a reddish check handkerchief cast loosely around her neck, and it was plain that her other one is slow getting back from the wash. I presume she takes snuff. At any rate, something resembling it had lodged among the hairs sprouting from her upper lip. I know she likes garlic. I knew that as soon as she sighed. She looked at me searchingly for nearly a minute with her black eyes, and then said, "'It is enough. Come.' She started down a very dark and dismal corridor, I stepping close after her. Presently she stopped, and said that, as the way was so crooked and dark, perhaps she had better get a light. But it seemed ungallant to allow a woman to put herself to so much trouble for me, and so I said, it is not worth while, madam. If you will heave another sigh, I think I can follow it. So we got along all right. Arrived at her official and mysterious den, she asked me to tell her the date of my birth, the exact hour of that occurrence, and the color of my grandmother's hair. I answered as accurately as I could. Then she said, Young man, summon your fortitude, do not tremble. I am about to reveal the past. Information concerning the future would be, in a general way, more silence. You have had much trouble, some joy, some good fortune, some bad. Your great-grandfather was hanged. That is a silence. Hanged, sir, but it was not his fault. He could not help it. I am glad you do him justice. Ah, grieve, rather, that the jury did. He was hanged. His star crosses yours in the fourth division, fifth sphere. Consequently, you will be hanged also. In view of this cheerful, I must have silence. Yours was not, in the beginning, a criminal nature, but circumstances changed it. At the age of nine you stole sugar. At the age of fifteen you stole money. At twenty you stole horses. At twenty-five you committed arson. At thirty, hardened in crime, you became an editor. You are now a public lecturer. Worse things are in store for you. You will be sent to Congress, next to the penitentiary. Finally, happiness will come again. All will be well. You will be hanged. I was now in tears. It seemed hard enough to go to Congress, but to be hanged, this was too sad, too dreadful. The woman seemed surprised at my grief. I told her the thoughts that were in my mind. Then she comforted me. "'Why, man,' she said, "'hold up your head. You have nothing to grieve about. Listen.'" In this paragraph the fortune-teller details the exact history of the Pike-Brown assassination case in New Hampshire, from the succoring and saving of the stranger Pike by the Browns to the subsequent hanging and coffining of that treacherous miscreant. She adds nothing, invents nothing, exaggerates nothing. See any New England paper for November, 1869. This 
pike brown case is selected merely as a type to illustrate a custom that prevails not in new hampshire alone but in every state in the union i mean the sentimental custom of visiting petting glorifying and snuffling over murderers like this pike from the day they enter the jail under sentence of death until they swing from the gallows the following extract from the temple bar eighteen sixty six reveals the fact that this custom is not confined to the united states on december thirty first eighteen forty one a man named john jones a shoemaker murdered his sweetheart mary hallam the daughter of a respectable laborer at mansfield in the county of nottingham he was executed on march twenty third eighteen forty two he was a man of unsteady habits and gave way to violent fits of passion the girl declined his addresses and he said if he did not have her no one else should after he had inflicted the first wound which was not immediately fatal she begged for her life but seeing him resolved asked for time to pray he said that he would pray for both and completed the crime the wounds were inflicted by a shoemaker's knife and her throat was cut barbarously after this he dropped on his knees some time and prayed god to have mercy on two unfortunate lovers he made no attempt to escape and confessed the crime after his imprisonment he behaved in a most decorous manner he won upon the good opinion of the jail chaplain and he was visited by the bishop of lincoln it does not appear that he expressed any contrition for the crime but seemed to pass away with triumphant certainty that he was going to rejoin his victim in heaven he was visited by some pious and benevolent ladies of nottingham some of whom declared he was a child of god if ever there was one one of the ladies sent him a white camellia to wear at his execution you will live in new hampshire in your sharp need and distress the brown family will succor you such of them as pike the assassin left alive they will be benefactors to you when you shall have grown fat upon their bounty and are grateful and happy you will desire to make some modest return for these things and so you will go to the house some night and brain the whole family with an axe you will rob the dead bodies of your benefactors and disperse your gains in riotous living among the rowdies and courtesans of boston then you will be arrested tried condemned to be hanged thrown into prison now is your happy day you will be converted you will be converted just as soon as every effort to compass pardon commutation or reprieve has failed and then why then every morning and every afternoon the best and purest young ladies of the village will assemble in your cell and sing hymns this will show that assassination is respectable then you will write a touching letter in which you will forgive all those recent browns this will excite the public admiration no public can withstand magnanimity next they will take you to the scaffold with great eclat at the head of an imposing procession composed of clergymen officials citizens generally and young ladies walking pensively two and two and bearing bouquets and immortelles you will mount the scaffold and while the great concourse stand uncovered in your presence you will read your sappy little speech which the minister has written for you and then in the midst of a grand and impressive silence they will swing you into per paradise my son 
there will not be a dry eye on the ground you will be a hero not a rough there but will envy you not a rough there but will resolve to emulate you and next a great procession will follow you to the tomb will weep over your remains the young ladies will sing again the hymns made dear by sweet associations connected with the jail and as a last tribute of affection respect and appreciation of your many sterling qualities they will walk two and two around your bier and strew wreaths of flowers on it and lo you are canonized think of it son ingrate assassin robber of the dead drunken brawler among thieves and harlots in the slums of boston one month and the pet of the pure and innocent daughters of the land the next a bloody and hateful devil a bewept bewailed and sainted martyr all in a month fool so noble a fortune and yet you sit here grieving no madam i said you do me wrong you do indeed i am perfectly satisfied i did not know before that my great-grandfather was hanged but it is of no consequence he has probably ceased to bother about it by this time and i have not commenced yet i confess madam that i do something in the way of editing and lecturing but the other crimes you mention have escaped my memory yet i must have committed them you would not deceive a stranger but let the past be as it was and let the future be as it may these are nothing i have only cared for one thing i have always felt that i should be hanged some day and somehow the thought has annoyed me considerably but if you can only assure me that i shall be hanged in new hampshire not a shadow of a doubt bless you my benefactress excuse this embrace you have removed a great load from my breast to be hanged in new hampshire is happiness it leaves an honored name behind a man and introduces him at once into the best new hampshire society in the other world i then took leave of the fortune-teller but seriously is it well to glorify a murderous villain on the scaffold as pike was glorified in new hampshire is it well to turn the penalty for a bloody crime into a reward is it just to do it is it safe end of chapter thirty four